I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Your Yeti is aboard. Yeti number one. That's your tea. Thank you. That's your tea. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Beef and with me as always my gorgeous co-hosts. He's talking to you, Tess. <laughs> Tess. <laughs> And I'll take it. <laughs> this is Bob Shoy. Lovely. How you boys doing? Yeah, great. Lovely. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's that then. Yeah. Uh do we need to do we need to thank anyone? Um I feel like we do. We ought to really. You know, before we start recording I always think, Oh yeah, and I've got to mention that and I've got to mention that, I've got to mention that but then when we actually come to recording, I'm like, Right, we've got to get on with this episode and I forget and then as mm. soon as we finish I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to say hello to well, that person or whatever. Big thanks to everyone who's uh posting, commenting, sending private messages on our Facebook page. We really love hearing from you guys and hearing new suggestions because we get caught up with some of the topics mm. and, and so much of what we've done in the past has actually come from our listeners. I like uh, interacting with the listener base anyway. It's really fun. Mm. It's fun um, that someone listens and then they want to come say hi. Okay. Well, uh, I'll just get cracking then, shall I? Yeah. Still thank you to Yorkshire Tea for our tea bags. Oh, yeah, still enjoying that. Cool, good. Right, so tonight um, I was umming and ahhing for for the last, like, Three or four days I've been really thinking about what to do. And I tried a couple of... Um, I almost did like a try before you buy on a couple of topics and just couldn't couldn't get into it. Right. And about a week ago, I, what I am going to do came into my head and I was like, I do want to do that. But I don't know if it's... I don't know. I was a bit unsure about it. And then I started thinking about it more today and it got me really excited. And yesterday when I was planning it. So tonight, we're going back to Cryptids. Oh... Okay. Uh, a little bit close to the Mothman, but my favourite cryptid of all time is Yeti. Right, okay. So, um, Which we only very briefly touched on, like yeah. at the end of the cryptozoology episode. Well, exactly. We kind of looked at it a little bit, mm-hmm. but only f- what, five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, about two weeks ago, the reason I, I mean, I, I love Yeti because he's kind of um, not so much in the public domain as Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, there's so much more mystery about Yeti than there is about Bigfoot. Otherwise known as. The Abominable, the Abominable Snowman, which is a ridiculous name. Yeah, but I do like it, though. Yeah. And, uh, snowman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? I love his snow joke, guys. Oh. Oh. 
What is that? It's uh, the new Weird Tales soundboard. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, of course. That's a uh, yeah, monster. Yeah, I remember talking about that. <laughs> Abominable Snowman. Similar. Oh, God, that's awful. Ooh. Okay, well, are you just going to keep surprising us throughout the episode then with sounds? Yeah. Okay, well, if I if there's a sound that I that needs to be done, I'll look at you in more. Nah, we'll leave that. That soundboard's stinky a bit. I need to find a soundboard before the episode. <laughs> yeah, you do. I sort of went on the app store and picked the first one, and it's a bit shit. Well, I was what? recording the intro. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. You went on the Animal Sounds and Weather app. It's actually the uh, the scary sound app, but it didn't have that many scary things on it. Mm. Maybe on the, our the next episode. The first one was quite scary. So, yeah, oh. so let's learn about Sasquatch is another name for him, right? Uh, well, apparently Sasquatch is mainly limited to Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Yeti is a completely different thing. I should have known that. I, was, um, I did cryptozoology. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I did cryptozoology at university. BA in cryptids. <laughs> um, so, speaking of tea, actually, Yeti, uh, do you drink Yorkshire tea? You had Yorkshire tea before? We just... Literally min- just... <laughs> just brewed some, yeah, because Yorkshire tea is available in all stores across the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry must on. Have mentioned it about one minute ago. <laughs> We've talked more about Yorkshire tea in this episode than Yeti. <laughs> right. Sorry, carry okay. On. So right. back to Yetis. Back to Yetis. Right. Okay. Um, I kind of, I, I've always liked Yetis. I've always been really intrigued by them. But about two weeks ago, there was a brand new documentary on Channel Four, which me and Rachel watched. And there's a whole lot of new stuff in there that I hadn't heard of before. Partially thanks to some of the scientific research they've done um, and some of the new lo- knowledge that's come up. So we're going to look through quite a bun- like quite a lot of videos Ooh. from from that. Are any of these videos going to make us think this thing's real? I hope so. I really hope so. And actually, um, the guy who presents the documentary is he, obviously he's a scientist. So. Um, yeah, I think I there's, there are a few bits where he pro- he's probably a little bit more close-minded than I'd like him to be, um, <laughs> but right. um, but no, no, no. I think some of the evidence is is quite compelling, and some of it is more compelling. It's like I've said before. I think it's more compelling if there's less evidence. If you can rely on eyewitness accounts and things, <clears throat> you know, I, I I like stuff like that. The thing with Bigfoot as well is um, like there's more chance for people to see it. If people say, "Oh, it lives in America and stuff," mm. but with um, with yetis, it's like they live in very like inhospitable yeah locations, so you wouldn't necessarily see them anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's why I prefer yeti to bigfoot ah. because like bigfoot often gets diluted by the media and by the public, sort of wanting it to happen so much that yeah. maybe sometimes it gets a little bit um, you know out of hand. But with there the is compelling evidence for Bigfoot, though. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. That, that video we watched. Well, apart from the video that we watched, which was utter <laughs> bullcrap, um, there is some compelling stuff out there. But this um, this documentary goes into a whole bunch of new stuff I hadn't thought of before. But before we start, I was thinking more about why I like Yeti. And is it like a heart thing? Like, I just really want him to be real. Mm. And so I really <laughs> want it with my heart. Or am I ignoring head knowledge? So I was thinking, am I, am I more of a like a head a head or heart person? Right. So we're going to do a, a quick test to see where you guys are at with that. So it's oh, okay. Kind when of you, similar. When you say yeti, do you mean plural or just is it just one yeti? Is it like a species? Uh, it could be a species. 
I'd imagine it like the amount of times it's seen and the amount of area that it covers. It covers the Himalayas and a lot of like Tibet and Nepal. Mm. So you know there must be a species. I would for say it to... yeah, because I swear there's like videos where people are like, oh look, it's like a little one, a baby one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So I thought you know I, I sometimes I like to be logical about stuff. Sometimes maybe my my heart, my emotions get in the way. So you're giving us a little quiz. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna. I'm gonna pose some questions to you, like I did on the um, serial killer ki- killers episode, okay? Um, episode 17. And um, are we answering these based on yetis or just as ourselves? No, this is just as, your, as yourself. Okay. So the questions are completely subjective. Okay. Um. So. And where's the test? If anyone wants to do this, I'll put it on the blog. It's on a website called Playbuzz.com, okay. and it's just got loads of. Trivial quizzes, film, and but it's also like personality stuff. So, so they're going to learn about yetis, and they're going to learn a little bit about me and Tess as people. Yeah, hopefully. I quite like the idea. I quite like that hopefully our listeners will get to know us a bit better. Uh, so, okay, so first question. How do you determine if it's appropriate to loan a friend a large sum of money? Is that your head or your heart? What would you go with? Head. Tess, you'd go with your head. <laughs> so did it specifically say friend? Oh, yeah, it does say friend, yeah. So how, how do you, de- how do you determine if it's appropriate to loan a friend a large sum of money? So let's say a large sum of money would be like... That's tricky for me. It really, it really depends on the situation, though. Well, you've gone with your head, Tiss. You, you know, what if, what if it was me wanting a large sum of money to buy, you know, something very tenuous? Well, if it was a then large sum... use your head. You mean if it was... But if if it was... I said to you... To pay my ransom because I was going to get killed. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, let's say it's some... On the serious... On a serious scale, mm-hmm. it's somewhere between I want to buy loads of Jaffa cakes, mm-hmm. so not very serious, and my kid's been kidnapped. So somewhere between the, those two. Somewhere between them. Well, no, yeah, somewhere. Okay. Why are you looking so much into this? Just like, well, you've already answered, so you don't need to worry about it. What's your answer, Bob? How do you, how would you do it? Head or heart? Oh man, I don't know. Um, a large sum of money, though, you got to use your head with that because a large sum of money, it's got to be something like a few grand, right? I was thinking about a grand. I was thinking about a thousand pounds. Yeah, <sighs> I couldn't loan myself a thousand pounds. No, I couldn't. Um, yeah, I think I'll have to go with my head as well. Like, part, I wanted to say heart straight away, but the more I thought about it, the more I've used my head. I'm thinking I've got to use my head. Well, this one should be um, a bit easier to think about. How do you decide whether or not to stay in with the book or go out on a night out? How do I decide? Yeah, is it head or heart? Heart, I just do what I want. Yeah, I just do what I want. I wouldn't think, is this a good idea? I would just think, yeah, I wouldn't no. even think, I'd just be like, I want to do this. If, I don't question what I want to do. If there was a good rave on, then I'd just go raving. Cool. This is kind of um, past it, because we're a bit too old for it, but uh, how would you decide to go to college or pursue a personal passion full-time? So I guess this is asking, would you would you consider to go to, go to university to be more academic or to pursue something that others might seem a little bit less important but it's a real passion in your head or heart confused if you were gonna if you were gonna go and study something at a university mm-hmm. would you make that decision mm-hmm. by thinking logically about what you're gonna study or just as almost like on a whim with your heart following something yeah. you like i want to do it i don't care if it's going to get me a job i just want to go and study that mm. i'd have to use my head on that head yeah I'd head as well because we had the same answer for everything so far nope okay yeah the first one was, was wrong next one <laughs> Uh, not wrong, sorry. <laughs> no, you said head as well. No, we both said head for the first one. Oh, did you? Uh, which would you use to decide whether or not to break up with a partner? Heart. Heart. Matters of the heart. Okay. Is quitting your job on the spot a, de- a decision for your heart or your head? Uh, well, probably heart. Heart. 
I guess. Tissue or heart. Um, it really depends, though. Quit on the spot. Yeah, you'd quit on the spot. Because... That's like an emotional thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Quiz doesn't say quitting on the spot. Yeah, quit. Quit your job on the spot. Is it a decision? Heart. That's a heart decision. Yeah. Okay. I don't know a lot of people that would use their head for that. Next one. How do you decide if it's a good idea to get a ta- tattoo? Tish, this is like easy for you, right? Heart. Head. And last one. <laughs> uh, which... Let you Use your imagination a bit on this, guys. <laughs> which would you use when... You think it's time to consider marriage and a family? Head. And it would never happen. Because yeah. my head would tell me to fucking stay away. Heart, but it would still never happen. I would. I don't intend to ever get married or have children. It's now calculating. Um, while that calculates, Tiss, you've left your lights on on your car. Really? Yeah. Oh, Different, <laughs> Different answers. But the thing is, I, what I do want to say, while he turns his light on, a lot of those answers, it was hard for me to say, because I was like, it's kind of somewhere in between. Hmm. And that's the point of the test. It's it give it like a generalization, and it's hard to give a generalization between decisions you make with your head and your heart because hmm. I think a lot of things you have to weigh up both. It's difficult, isn't it? Because like when when I got married, people around me were asking, "How do you know? How do you know it's the right thing to do?" Hmm. And it's difficult. I can't explain that logically. I, I I don't know. I just I know. I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew I wanted to do it. There wasn't a doubt at all. Hmm. So some things are more difficult. But then I, I do think if you quit a job, I think if you quit any job, that's probably more a heart decision. I was saying to us that it's, it's um, a lot of them, it's like the actual answer is somewhere in between. Like you would weigh up with your head and your heart. Yeah, yeah, it's, sure. You, it's more like which is more important in that decision is what he's asking. Yeah, I didn't really understand the quiz, to be honest. I'd use both for both. In equal measure. Now I've looked at the answers, it makes, you get a little blurb, right? So, Bob, right, you're a head person. Okay. You may possess a high level of general knowledge and value a more rational approach to decision make to decision making, but you're so much more than that. Your personal sense of self can be found in the brain as you remain a true independent in both thought process and when walking through life. You find mental stimulation to be the key to happiness and continue to develop yourself on a daily basis in more ways than one. It's like it's uh, really trying to butter me up. Yeah. I don't know what it's trying to be so nice about. And Tis. Yeah. You are most certainly a heart person. Your emotional... This is what I would have said, though. Your emotional instincts surpass logical reasoning, and you consider the feelings of others and enjoy protecting the small and meek. Well, <laughs> your sense of self is soft is a soft core that opens up doors of pleasant opportunities for yourself and for your loved ones, and the impulsive side of you never fails to bring about a new adventure that Im- that perpetuates your thirst for excitement. That's mm. the same as me, by the way. I've got that. Oh, really? So I'm the cold steel. Doesn't say of that. The guru of the group. Just. You're, you can I'm the clever more one. creative. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll go there. The idea, really, I just wanted to, because I was thinking about that this afternoon, I was like, oh, yeah, but do I really, do I really think? It's like you didn't want to think too much about the logic of a Yeti being real. Yeah, I just you want were, to like, just rolling with your heart. I just want to go with it, yeah. So, um, there's three different aspects to, to Yeti okay. that um, I came across in this documentary. Yeti the myth, Yeti the man. Or Yeti the Beast. This is like the the Yeti trilogy. Like Yeti it's a the movie. husband, the Yeti the workman, <laughs> Yeti the dad. What was it? Yeti the myth. That sounds like the first part of a trilogy. Yeti the man, he's like growing. Yeah. Yeti the beast, he's like letting it all hang out in the last one. <laughs> yeah, the last one I feel like everyone pissed him off, so it's like, well, fuck it. But they ever did it. They threw too much in it at once. Like, actually, was the weakest of the trilogy. I'd say Yeti, <laughs> Yeti the Myth. Because thinking way too much into this. Well, just a minute. Because I think Yeti the Myth would be the sort of mythology of Yeti. 
and then him sort of like acclimatizing with men then the second one is like him fully integrated into like society and everyone like treats him like he's wearing a suit he's got a job in an office yeah yeah like um like superman yeah, he puts the glasses oh, right. on. Oh, right. <laughs> Everyone I thinks... was thinking about like a bad 90s comedy, like Every... Mr. Chimp Goes to Town or something. Or Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile and then, Yeti. Uh, Yeti the Crocodile Beast. Crocodile Yeti. Yeti the Beast is like uh, Batman, where they try to turn everyone against Yeti and blame all their problems on him. Great. You know what? I kind of like the idea of Yeti the myth, though. You're following a bunch of like explorers or scientists or cryptozoologists, and you don't actually see Yeti till like the third act. It's almost like mm. he's a myth. You're learning about him, and then holy shit, he's yeah. real. And then it's like Yeti the man. Yeah, yeah. And then like Yeti the man, like he just pulls up in like a, a yellow ta- a cab in New York, just like you're here, New York. And it's just like you know, gets out of a briefcase. And, and Yeti the Beast, he knows he's not part of Man's World. Yeah, Yeti he destroys the beast. it and goes back. Yeti the Beast is almost um, he nukes Manhattan. It's like S. Darko, like someone bought the rights to Yeti. And released like a shit third film that no one watched. Did you ever watch S. Darko? No, fuck no, me that. neither. If any listeners ever watched S. Darko, this sort of weird <laughs> that... sequel to Donnie Darko, I want to know what you think about it. And I want to know Was why. Was it not called Donnie Darko 2? <laughs> no, it's called S. Darko. It's about his sister. Yeah. Wasn't his sister. Don't, I haven't seen don't, Donnie don't, Darko. Don't get to it. His sister Donnie was Darko actually Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. Oh, really? It's, um, oh, yeah, it's Maggie. Maggie's yeah, general, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't her, it's his younger sister that S. Darko is based on. Oh. The one okay. who's like a little kid in the first film. Right. I haven't seen Donnie Darko for about 10 years. Good film. film. Yes, yeah, right. We recommend Donnie Darko. We don't recommend S. Darko. Unless Donnie, you want to recommend it to us. Donnie Darko might be coming up in an episode we don't see. Oh. It's like uh, Battle Royale too. What, S. Darko? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, the sequel you didn't need. Terrible, terrible. Battle Royale's good though. It's good. Right. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Let's get back into this. So we're going to cut <laughs> none of it. So we're just going to start by listening to just like an intro to this documentary, um, and into what this what this guy, uh, this this scientist, looks into. Okay. They say it walks on two legs. Take that dog. And for thousands of years, it's been part of Tibetan folklore. But could the Yeti be more than just a story? made the noise like this there is some kind of biped creature out there people find new species in very unexpected places i'm mark evans a scientist on a mission oh that is greasy hard evidence is what interests me excellent not fairy tales if somebody had told me that one day I'd be chasing yetis around the Himalaya, I'd have told them to see a psychiatrist. But oh. with help from leading geneticists, I'm homing in on two rival explanations for the yeti. The way this is shaped is quite human. There is always a scientific base to any legend. The question is, which, if either, of these two theories will stack up? If I can get DNA, I will be able to tell you what they are. Mm. Slightly arrogant there from the scientists. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like he says, is insane. I'm only interested in hard evidence, is what he said. It actually looks like quite a good documentary. Did you watch that? It's, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've watched it. I, I, 
highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. And then I, I enjoyed watching it again um, last night as I was going through it. I just wanted to look into what we... I'm just going to fly through some of these videos and then we'll stop and talk about some of the stuff that I think and some of the stuff I've taken from this documentary as well as coming on to a couple of accounts. There's one guy who um, we're going to focus on because, to be honest, if you look at some of the other accounts, if you just whack it into YouTube, mm. you get some serious crud. Yeah, like the ones I showed us on the zoology <laughs> episode. Yeah, but I kind of... I wanted to go into... More credible stuff, I suppose. Yeah, okay, um, fair enough. So, um, what we're going to do first, we're just going to look at sort of a little bit where the locals um, that this scientist talks to, he starts talking about kind of what the legend is and what they think. You know, that they they would have had this passed down to them, like like he said, in folklore for like thousands of years. So they'll all know very very much about it. Can I ask you a question before we carry on? Go for it. Would you like to go yeti hunting in Tibet? That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to go to Tibet. Yeah, me too, man. Okay, so the next Weird Tales trip, <laughs> Tibet. we're all going to Tibet. I'd love to go to Tibet. So uh, we're just going to watch another like few minutes here, um, and then we'll go on to some of the accounts, and then we'll start breaking it down a bit. Okay. Later. Some kind of dangerous, hairy, upright creature that lives in the high mountains and sometimes steals women. Do you know of anyone who's actually seen a beret? No, 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 so that guy, sorry, just to break that down, because that yeah, was obviously subtitles. <laughs> subtitled. Um, I forgot about that. Um, he's basically asking them about the legend. He said that their elders told them that they would come into the villages and cause harm mm-hmm. to the to the people. Yeah. It all sounds pretty outlandish, but could there be a rational explanation? I'm going to be exploring two radical possibilities. According to one theory... The Yeti might be a different species of human that was pushed to the margins by Homo sapiens and clung on in the high Himalaya until much more recently than anyone thought possible. The second theory is that the Yeti is some kind of unknown bear. Okay, so again, that was subtitled, and he said that, yeah, again, it comes comes to cause harm and to... He says when it sees people, it tries to claw them. It tries to claw them, and their claws are, what do you say, three to four inches long. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite long. Do you know what? Actually, we'll pause here, because the next bit to, um, is is um, sort of eyewitness testimony for it. So, uh, so, this, so he said, and this is why I was interested in this documentary, because he's looking at two... Um, two ideas that I hadn't necessarily thought about before. So first of all, the the Yeti is some kind of distant mm. human being. So it's something like a, a almost like an evolved Homo sapien that adapted to the Tibetan environment. Mm. And kind of like that idea. Yeah, I kind of like that. There's much more in that, and we'll come on to that later. It's so is it, interesting. Is it Yeti the man? <laughs> <laughs> it might be Yeti the man. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting. We'll come back to that later. Um, but the second theory was that it's some kind of strange bear, some kind mm-hmm. of strange-looking bear, Okay. Um, which wouldn't be too crazy, wouldn't be too far-fetched. Normally they would describe it as being like a big ape, but like a big yeah. bear is a bit different. Yeah, I kind of hadn't really... But then I suppose bears, you know, they do walk on their hind legs, mm. and so there could be, you know... I, I, I There's kind of stock in both, really. But, Tis, what do you think to those theories? What do you think to the idea of this distant homo sapien-type thing... And a special bear. Uh, 
Either's possible. What do you prefer? What do I prefer? Hmm. Probably the bear. Oh. The Homo sapien link doesn't really wash. Well, it does because I guess they, they would be complete... smart enough to stay away from us. Yeah, they were completely smart enough to hide for this long. Maybe they're smarter than us. And they've evolved to to deal with these like inhospitable locations, whereas yeah, yeah. we've sort of softened up. Apart from yeah. Inuits, Inuits are fucking badass. They're hardy. They catch fucking birds like in their nets. What's this? Have you ever seen Inuits catching birds? The um. I can't remember what birds they are, but they catch them in these nets. Oh, right, yeah. certain season of the year, and then they freeze them, bury them underground. Yeah. And then they eat them at, like, raw. And they, like, they ferment them for, like, a year. Yeah. And it's just, like, that's not, like, a luxury. That is literally, like, that's their food. Mm. If they don't do that, they will die. If they don't eat it, they will die. How have they lived long enough to work out that system? Like, how didn't they die in the first year? Well, I suppose they... I guess they're like animals, though, like, yeah, yeah. Like, one person tells the other... All right, so we're going to move on. We're now going to look at... By the way, as always, um, what we'll do is obviously this is a documentary, so we'll put the link to the documentary on the blog, and it's like it's one of our sort of main channels in the UK. So might, might not be able to view in America, because um, I've tried to watch American TV oh, really? here, and it doesn't let you. That's interesting. Mm. Okay, well, what we might do maybe is we'll just do a couple of like screenshots or, or yeah. stuff of stuff, but um, yeah... I just recommend if, to watch if the we, whole if documentary. If you get on it, I'll put it on the, on the, on the blog anyway, and you can yeah. try. Also, if you're in the UK, it's only got 12 days left. That's true. So by the time this goes up, you're going to have uh, less Five. than a week. To, it'll be going up on Tuesday. So watch it. you got a week. Yeah. But, um, also, it's worth saying, actually, bears are quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. Bears are really Polar intelligent. Polar bears especially are intelligent as fuck. I think all bears are quite intelligent. Uh, I think polar bears especially, though, right? Really? Polar bears are super intelligent. Like, oh, super. Yeah, but all, all animals vicious are... vicious Polar bears are... Well, you... vicious. The most vicious cunts in the animal kingdom. Crocodiles. <laughs> they make crocodiles look like fairies. Cool. <laughs> no words. No words. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to um, this, this dude who's a mountaineer, and he's got a story. Eyewitness. Reinhold Messner is one of the world's greatest mountaineers. Renowned for making the first ascent of Mount Everest without carrying oxygen, he was also the first to summit all 14 of the world's 8,000-meter peaks. That's mental. Even after losing seven toes to frostbite, he was unstoppable. But it's not his superhuman achievements I've come to talk about. Now in his 70s, Messner is one of the few Westerners who actually claims... To have sorry, seven toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which ones he's lost, but seven. That's well, a lot. There's only it? three left across two feet. Yeah. Or I it, would like it so it's the middle toe on one foot, and then the little toe and the big toe on the other foot. I bet it's not. How much do you want to bet? I bet you frostbite. Seven toes. I really, I don't think frostbite's I, that forgiving. I wouldn't want the big ones to go. Right. So you've got the two big ones, and what other? What other? You got one toe left. Big ones. <laughs> Just around us. It's not your big one. Your little ones are the most that you use for balance. Oh, uh, really? Your little ones are the most... They're, that's what you use for balance. So you just want your two little toes. Okay, I've got it. I just wouldn't climb up the mountains in the first place. Seven toes, man. It's a lot of toes, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, carry no, on. No, no, it's, it's fine. I did think up. that when he said that. Um, and his story talks a little what bit What do his socks that. look like? <laughs> <laughs> when they're on, obviously. The normal when they're yeah, on. Yeah, but we're talking... It might have been five... He must have, He might have lost all toes on one foot and then just have three on the other one. Okay. See a yeti. So this guy saw a yeti. Nineteen eighty-six, Eastern Tibet. These rivers are very difficult because my toes are not there. The balance is not perfect. When I was out on the other side, it was getting dark. And in this moment, 
This creature was in front of me. It was clearly on two legs. Very near. And it was going very quickly. Like a human being. Did it make any noise? Could you smell it? It made the noise like this. Quite a strong smell. A few seconds later it was gone. Disappearing in the dark of the woods. Forgive me, but I've got to ask this. Did you think at any point, you know, you were exhausted, you were wet, it was high altitude, that it was all playing tricks on your mind? No, no, no. I was totally in good shape mentally. I went to the spot where it was standing. I could see the footprints. And so I was beginning to say to myself, but this could be the real deity. Maybe he's existing. Messner was hooked. With typical single-mindedness, he found out everything he possibly could about the legend. Hey, this is Bob Shorey. Just a warning, um, for the next sort of five or so minutes, um, the audio might be a little bit distant or um, quiet or disruptive or, or something. Um, basically, what happened is one of our microphones cut out and we didn't realise for about five minutes, but the one in the background was still picking us up slightly. Um, so you can have the audio is not going to be quite as good for the next five minutes, but it will come back normal again. So bear with us, thanks. Oh, and um, the end of the video clip that just played we missed as well, and that was basically the um, Messner, the guy who was talking, had said that he was totally down with the theory of um, it being a bear based on the research he'd done. So he's totally with the bear. He's really. Very clear in himself, it's a bear, some kind of bear. I guess because he saw it, it must have... You know what, part of me is thinking, this guy is the guy I should listen to. Yes. Yeah. he's done a lot of travelling around and seen yeah. a lot of things. And part of me is thinking, this guy's a psychopath. He's running around, climbing up mountains, losing his toes and doesn't care. It's quite impressive. But I think, I, I, I like that he's gone to talk to him about it. You know, he's... um. I, I like the ideas that he talks about, and we'll come back to what he says about the bear later on. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just I think that's like amazing. It's interesting the sound he said it made. That's not really was it? It's like a <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. There you go. Have you got that on your soundboard, Tiz? No, I deleted it straight away. Yeah. So what what I think we'll do is like we're we'll, we're just on the back of that account. I just want to look at the three possibilities that I've got that we're gonna that we've been talking about so Yeti the myth Yeti the man mm-hmm. Yeti the beast I just made some notes this afternoon as I was going through it so and I was thinking about the myth and I've got to look at it as a myth as well we've got to be fair to what to what this guy's saying you know less if we look at it logically I've tried to think about every possibility every every argument for it being a myth and I can't really make sense of it so I was thinking, if it was a myth, um, you could you could argue that if if people were to see something like that, so Messner when he saw the Yeti, you know, it could be that he was exhausted from trekking. Although he said he thinks he wasn't, he was quite clear that he didn't feel like that. You could say that, but then I was thinking actually, climbers are usually pretty fit, pretty headstrong to actually go and do something like that to climb Mount Everest without any oxygen. Mm. Uh, and then to conquer, what was it, 14 of yeah. the world's peaks over 8,000? 8, 8, yeah, isn't it all 14 of them? Yeah, he's done all of them. 
Like you'd have to have a pretty, you'd have to be pretty strong milled and quite intelligent to go and do that, and quite sure of yourself, right? Yeah, that's what I, I was know. saying. Like this is a guy I feel like I should listen to because he's got a lot of knowledge about. He's seen obviously a lot of wildlife and stuff. He knows mm. yeah. what he's identifying, and his account was quite believable. I thought. Yeah, it wasn't. There wasn't anything crazy. Um, you know, he just happened to stumble across a yeti, mm. but he. I I think what makes it more. Um, believable, I guess, is that he doesn't he doesn't actually really refer to it as a yeti. He refers to it as a bear. So yeah. I think, you know, and actually he's obviously thought about it and done some research and he thinks it's some kind of bear that hasn't been noted by, by science. So talking about science, adding to the, the whole myth story and to back up that, that theory um, is, is that there is a huge lack of evidence. There's not an awful lot. Even when you compare it to, like, well, the stuff they have collected, so they've collected teeth, uh, the, the the locals are sure came from Yeti and they all came from different types of bears. So they either came from Tibetan brown bears or Asian bears, um, which are like the small ones. Mm-hmm. But then if you listen to the documentary later on, this guy says, because we've hardly studied them. So scientists are trying to tell us, oh, don't listen to that, there's no evidence, there's nothing to back it up. Because it feels so far-fetched, it's almost like scientists haven't done any research into it because it's like it's not yeah. worth wasting our time. So there's so little evidence and research because they actually never put any time into it. Yeah. Because it seems ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. And, and like the, um, the other two things I can think of, uh, maybe it's your imagination, but then I thought that is possible, but then why? Why would... I don't see how that would be true for pretty much everyone in Tibet mm. who would agree that this has been something they've seen or that it's just simply like an old tale that it is literally just folklore it's just a, a story well, that you could, were told you could see it the same way as ghosts if you don't believe in ghosts but in our culture you hear so many ghost stories due, due to this podcast you think if you see something strange or hear something strange at home you're like it's a ghost yeah. So they hear so many, um, you know, Yeti stories growing up in that culture. Mm. So if they see or hear something strange, they're yeah. like, it's a Yeti. Yeah. yeah. Could be the same logic as that. Yeah. But then I guess there's no smoke without fire. You know, there's, these things come from somewhere. Mm. And um, if you watch the documentary, they talk about that. And even, like the guy who tests the DNA, he's like, well, the DNA tells me that it, you know, he says this has come from an Asian bear. But... This is coming from somewhere. Like, look at the area that this that these things are supposed to be wandering. Uh, and then we'll come on to the man in, in a minute, because there's, there's some really interesting stuff there. You come across... You're hiking. Yeah. Okay, Tis, you're hiking. Mm-hmm. You no, I'm, not, I'm not hiking anymore. Uh, you're both hiking. Okay. What well, with no, Tis? I, no, okay, you're, you're both hiking together. Okay. I'm just this off the top of my head, so... Okay, no, go on. You're asking them specifics. Sorry. You're both hiking together. <laughs> right. Tiz has walked across a lake. Right. You've held onto his bags. Yeah. He's going to get across the other side and you're going to lob his bags over and then you're going to cross. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Your bags. Like an ice-covered lake? No. Like you're stepping stones, but you're worried about the balance is quite hard so you don't want to wear your bag. Oh, okay. So you've left your bags in a pile of beef. You tiptoed across. He's going to lob them over. You're going to catch them and then he's going to come. Whilst you're doing that, I'm going to eat your rations. Yeah. When, um... Take that as red. When you get the other side... Yeah. He's like, hey, catch this bag. And you're like, wait a minute. And you see the shadow and hear the... Yeah. What are you doing? Run back across the lake. Run Run back. Back. Yeah, it's fucking right. Yeah, why wouldn't he? <laughs> no, really, you'd be scared. 
Of course. What, would you not? Would you believe it? Regardless of whether it's like a Yeti or a human... Humanzy or whatever. It's scary. Even a crow scares me. One thing I was going to say, actually. What, uh... Oh, there we go. It was just must have been a weak connection or something. That's weird. Oh, I can't you might have to just boost it. Yeah, that edit's going to be a pain in the backside. Hello? Is that good? Yeah. Is that better? Go on, Tiff. Yeah, what I was going to say, is there a theological explanation for, for for the Yeti? Like, does when he's in Tibet, obviously, in around that area, mm. back in the day, there would have been very... Well, everyone was religious, but I mean, like, they would have probably... Like the Egyptians, you know, cats and stuff. Did they have any theological explanation or theories about this yeti? Was he like a god or um, anything like a demon? Or, demon. Or was he a good omen, bad omen? Because I'm uh, sure religiously they would have assigned him a yeah. something. Yeah, they. It's interesting you say god. They do. They do refer to him as. Um, I think one guy in the documentary calls him like an animal god or a god animal or mm. something. So they yeah. refer to it as, um, and I think um, the way they look at it. So when when at the very start of the documentary where it talks about the yeti coming into villages and stealing children, they talk about it being like a revered animal and that if it's a godlike creature, they mm. should respect that it's taken the children because it's obviously taken it for like an important. Mm. That's what I was thinking of, reverence. It's like a reverence around it. Yeah, yeah. Um and actually does. they do seem to be quite respectful of it. It's not they're not scared of it. Yeah. It's more a case of you know, they're quite accepting of it. Um That's cool. I was gonna talk about footprints, but I'm not going to because we know about the footprints. We talk we do you, you guys know about the uh the ice pick photo, don't you? It was in nineteen fifty one. Have you not No. Have you I'm not known that? It. It's like the famous one, right? This is the famous one. I've probably seen it. Let me just quickly... Have you got it up there? I'll find it. So this is the... No, I've never seen this. Have you never seen this before? No. All right. Sorry, I thought you might have seen it. So this was taken in 1951 by the guy that turned... That gave it the phrase, The Abominable Snowman. Right, okay. So this is... In 1951, that's when they started using that phrase. And this is the footprint that they found. And that they they had the insight, I guess, to put the ice pick next mm-hmm. to it. To, scale, to, yeah. For the scale. I'll put that picture on the blog Have you well. seen it, Tiss? No. Sorry, I thought you guys had seen it. I thought it was really. I, like, I probably have. I've already. I've seen a lot of reference to it in like. You know, but there's the TV boot shows. as well. So you, mm-hmm. it's more wide, isn't it? It's yeah. more that it's really wide rather than it being. Expert. So it's got a big toe. Huge big toe. And then only three other toes. I guess so. And one, you only had three two, toes. You sure it wasn't that African? And they've got five. Yeah. Uh, Tiss, you were talking about it being a god, or like, how did they view it? Mm. Uh, the idea of it being like an ancient, almost like. Homo sapien type creature. I do. At the start well, of the I do. I don't know. Like you say, head or heart. That's my heart going with that. I like the idea of a like, certain route to us. Yeah, yeah. And it seems quite plausible, I suppose, doesn't it, that it would have adapted to its surroundings. Homo sapiens couldn't couldn't hack the cold, mm-hmm. and so didn't didn't venture up north. I'm edging more towards bear. Well, I'll give a I'll give a name to this Denisovan and this this species were taller. They were quite. Um, their bone structures were really big. So let's um, let's let's drop straight back into the this idea of yeti being like an evolved man, an evolved um, Denisovan. They were called so mm-hmm. Den- Denisovans were like Homo sapiens, but more evolved and adapted to their environment. More evolved. More evolved, more adapted to their environment. I mean, like like they evolved mm. more to adapt to their surroundings. Okay, That's so more evolved in different ways. Yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. Uh, imagine if like we all like you know how humans well how they think humans evolved from monkeys. 
Yeah. Like, imagine if, you know, we weren't the only thing that evolved from monkeys mm. and those other things. One of them it's was like the we got cleverer, but in a, in a different way, almost in the wrong way. We, well, we became self-aware up. and then yeah. we became so self-aware that we just went around in circles and... So we're just going to look at some of the we're going to look at some of the science behind this, um, and also um, something to do with Nazis, believe it or not. Oh, so mm. on the eve of World War Two, five officers from the Nazi SS slipped into Tibet, where they hoped to persuade the Hermit Kingdom to attack the British Empire. Huh. But Idiots. for SS leader Heinrich Himmler, there was another more racist objective. Especially <laughs> more racist than killing Britons. To find an animal which was looking like a, a human being. They were hoping to find the proof of a special human being, of a, of a stronger, better, bigger human. They wanted to show that the Aryan race is something special. And they were hoping that Yeti, the snowman, is one part of the Aryan race. However, group leader Ernst Schaefer was certain that the Yeti had to be a bear. His trophies, which now belong to Messner, include the weirdest looking bear I've ever seen. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Do you think Schaefer could have been having a bit of fun of a practical joke? From the letters you wrote to him, do you think he no. was a funny man? No, no, he was not British, he was German. <laughs> <laughs> So this is just not very good taxidermy. With luck, there's enough DNA in this strange creation for Charlotte to tell me what it is. It'll be very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to this. Did you guys know that the Nazis had anything to do with... No. I love weird Nazi stories. They had so many crazy ideas. They are fucking weird. And the, what, and the idea was they were going to find the Yeti and say to everyone, like, look how good this example of a human is. This guy's Aryan. <laughs> is that the idea? That was that was it. That was the idea. This was is to a say pure that... Aryan. This is how good we can be. Yeah. <laughs> and while they were there, they were going to get all the Tibetans to go and kill all the Brits. Yeah. Tibet yeah. didn't have, like, a famous army, though, really, like... No, they just thought they were hardy, and it was like weak-willed because they were hermits or whatever. So it was like, oh, these weak-willed. I'm pretty Not sure weak we're weak-minded. I'm pretty sure if anything, they'd be like, "Fuck you, stick to your world war." Yeah, <laughs> like we don't get involved. Like, yeah, world war, never heard of it. Yeah, Denisovans. We're getting to talk about them. looked at first like they might come from our extinct cousins, Neanderthals. But when DNA was extracted and analysed, it revealed instead an entirely new species of human, which scientists called Denisovans. Then, just a year ago, this DNA sprung another surprise. It turned out to contain a unique gene mutation, found today only in people of Tibetan ancestry. And it's a mutation that's crucial to life at high altitude. When I visit somewhere really high, like the Himalaya, my body is starved of oxygen. And it's the same for virtually everyone, even for seasoned mountaineers like Messner. But fairly quickly, our bodies respond by bumping up the production of oxygen-carrying red blood cells that help us extract the scarce oxygen from every breath, delivering it 
to all our body tissues, but especially our brains. It works pretty well, short term. There is, however, a downside. All these extra red blood cells thicken the blood, turning it, if you like, from water into honey. And long term, gloopier blood can lead to a whole host of life-threatening medical complications. The remarkable thing about the Tibetans who've survived up here for thousands of years is that their bodies respond very differently to low oxygen levels. And a key part of their success is down to a tiny bit of DNA that they got from guess who? Denisovans. This tiny bit of DNA is known as the EPAS-1 variant. It works by stopping the blood from thickening, and it's found nowhere else on Earth. To learn more about this handy genetic app, and whether it really could have been downloaded from another human species, I went to California. Okay, they need to do some research on it. To cut a long story short, the research shows that eventually, over like a period of a few thousand years ago, something like 20,000 years ago, the DNA sample showed that Denisovans would have been much, they would have been bigger than Homo sapiens. They might, they probably would have been up to about two foot taller, broader, stronger, more robust, thick skin, um, almost like, like hair covering their whole body. Um, and with this, um, mutated gene that they're talking about that Tibetans still have so mm. that they would be more um, resilient to the cold. Which means that at some point there would have been interbreeding between the two species, and so what they now think is that there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Denisovans could still be out there. It's close enough in history yeah. that they could still be around, and it's like you say, they might want to shut themselves off from the wild, be away from because they're surviving. They're doing mm-hmm. okay without people like interfering. Occasionally wander into villages and think. What's going on? Yeah, what did what do you think to that? Like the whole. The, I feel like the ones that people are seeing are like the rebellious teenagers. Like the parents are like, <laughs> "Don't you leave? Don't you go down to that town?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking going down there. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me what to do. Yeah, and they're the ones we're seeing. Yeah, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, and actually, the science is kind of lending us a hand here by, uh, yeah, by sort of giving a bit more weight to this this theory, this idea that that yetis are actually a more adapted version of us mm. I don't know if that's more that's kind of why I was looking at the head and heart stuff because that in my head I'm thinking there's some logic to that 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 kind of makes sense but I don't know I don't know what you guys thought about that uh, well, that that makes sense this next this next clip we're going to look at is uh, a bit more of a it's a bit of a different take on the footprints because um, we've seen footprints we've seen the the picture of the ice pick foot, footprint mm-hmm. Um, but this is this was something a little bit different. I'd not I'd not thought of it like this before because I'm not a scientist, I suppose. Um, but this is just another another account of of some footprints they found. Steve Berry saw something that completely stunned him. This is October last year. This is right up on the Tibetan border. This is a, a thing called Melungi Kang, near the highest unclimbed mountain in the world, Kangapunsum. We literally just got up to the col. We'd only been there a couple of minutes, and, and Karma said, Hey, Steve, look, there's some really unusual tracks. It's an extraordinary print, isn't it? It's an incredible set of tracks. One foot exactly in front of the other, all the way across. Not a bit of, you know, 
feet are you know, slightly apart or anything like you would expect of some four-legged creature. When you looked at these tracks, what went through your head? We said, that's got to be a biped of some sort. How can you be so sure there is no possibility of there being people here? This is days and days away from human habitation. It's completely in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it really is uninhabited, unexplored, unmapped. It's crazy extreme territory, isn't it? You would have to have uh, serious mountaineering gear to get up onto that, onto that slope. So why not snow leopard? Snow leopard prints are offset. It just wouldn't put one foot in front of the other like that. No possibility in your mind that it could be a bear. I've seen bear prints on snow on a number of occasions. It's a big creature. It walks with its feet apart. It has a, a double track. On your way back down, did you show anybody the pictures? It was three days down to the nearest hamlet, four houses, and uh, this lady and her husband were standing in their porch. So we got talking, and eventually he talked to me about uh, the Yeti. So what did he think of your photos? He looked at them uh, and, and said immediately, oh yes, Migu. Without, without hesitation? Without hesitation. Migu is the local name for a wild man or yeti, and Steve was careful to note down what the villager told him about this creature. He said the Migu lived up in the snows. He had seen it once, 11 years ago. It stood still, upright, arms by its side. It was human height. He said it was well known that the yeti could imitate the sounds of a dog, cat, horse, or yak. They're well used to seeing bear tracks. Uh, they know the difference. He said, you can always tell a Migu track because they place one foot in front of the other. What do you think made those tracks? Up until this point in time, I was convinced that the whole legend was something to do with an unusual kind of bear. Uh, but having seen these tracks, I'm a convert, you know, I believe what the Sherpas believe, that there is a, a, a kind of bipedal humanoid type creature um, out there that we just don't see very often and it has a vast vast area where it can keep away from humans interesting how the locals are just like yeah it's that yeah yeah that's what and i mean people, they're so matter of fact and scientists won't listen to them though yeah i know they're like yeah we know about them mm. it's me mm. yeah that's, that's that yeah i i mean um why isn't anyone listening to them i don't this is what i this is what frustrates me it really really angers me because so he's he's had so he's actually witnessed those prints. He's seen them as he's been trekking and then thought about it logically and thought there's no way it could be human. A human would be able to get up that high. It also wouldn't be able to just walk across the mountain like that. Mm. It would need some serious gear to get there. That can't be a human. There's no evidence that there would be polar bears up here. They're not bear tracks anyway. He's also saying they're not snow leopard. Uh, snow leopards are up here, but that's that's not sled. Snow leopard tracks, snow leopard tracks. There's two, two tracks. There's also they're they're apart. That was like a human's like tracks, mm. wasn't it? Mm. They were like one foot in front of the other. In fact, they were more so when they they were almost like directly in line yeah. with each other. I thought that was like a really interesting idea, and and this is this is I guess proof of a guy who who studies this kind of stuff all the time and knows what to look for, saying no, I'm I'm converted. This is I. There must be something. We're not seeing. We, mm. we just don't see it very often. I thought that was really interesting. Tis, I know you couldn't see uh, the prints. Yeah. Would it help if you did see the prints? Yeah. Let's see if I can get like a still of it. 
There you go. I've got exactly the picture you need. Yeah. It's got to be something to it. It has, hasn't it? It's, I mean... Science can't explain it away. No. <laughs> I was going to say science. <laughs> science is just one big... It's one just big people that, in the name of science. And the name of, of science. science. I think we were talking about this the other day, actually, that science only can explain recurring things because they need a few examples mm. of something if there's an to properly assess it. It's yeah. discredited in science. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. But, but sometimes mm. that is something. How realistic is that that it is impossible? What scientists would say is it is impossible for something to occur in of itself. How unrealistic is that that there's no such thing as one-offs if you look at in it, nature? Yeah, yeah. If you look at be. it like that, we there's are an anomaly. If you look at all the planets and the yeah, yeah. moons and everything in our solar yeah. system, yeah, totally. we're the only one that has life. So a scientist would discredit us. Well, the scientists on the planets, you know, millions of light years away, it's like, yeah, there's probably not anyone there. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be plausible that it's it because there's not so much around, it's not worth their time. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I do think it's just a case of them just, oh, that's just, you know, that's nothing nothing to worry about. It does frustrate me. Another thing, we won't, we won't have time to look at it, but the the very end of the episode... The the um the guy Mark takes all the DNA DNA findings to a doctor a scientist who works uh, for a university in California and uh, all of them came back as different bears so there was fur samples there were tooth there was a a bit of a bone that they cut off um took it all to this this scientist she did research and there's like a few of them were brown bears a few of them were t- Tibetan like Tibetan bears and the really really frustrated me uh, she says oh well this is conclusive evidence that there can't be anything like a yeti and it's like you've looked at six samples from just like quite a sporadic region and you're that's it you're you're completely poo-pooing it she it's like she had an agenda to say that it wasn't real yeah no it's not real i'd much rather her say on the evidence if she just said on the evidence that i have i can't say it's real well that's um that's kind of all the stuff I had to look at, really. So if I kind of like recap, because we've we've talked about a load of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've looked at the idea of the myth. Yeah. Um, and actually, to be honest, before I started looking at this documentary and revisiting some of the stuff I'd seen in the past, it did feel a bit like a mythical type creature. And the myth, the myth theory is kind of there because there's not an awful lot of evidence. There's not much. There's not many eyewitness accounts, and the ones that are there don't give us too much to go on. The, you know their stories but then again there's this idea that it's some kind of beast some kind of like polar bear hybrid type thing you know the footprints are kind of bear like we also looked at this idea of the denisovans and mm-hmm. that it being a man um yeah. and surviving for all these years way up in the mountains and having a really broad huge um sort of landscape to roam around and eventually kind of wandering into built up areas but after watching that, I feel like there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I'll be honest, it's um, more convincing than I was expecting. Right. I feel like it's more convincing than the Bigfoot evidence. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think so. I think the Bigfoot stuff, that's what I mean. I think because it's... When I think of Bigfoot, I still think of Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. <laughs> and I think of um, the the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah. The dude checking his watch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This feels. I always thought of this before. This I sort of discredited Yeti as like, oh, it's the same as Bigfoot, but in the snow. Yeah. No, this is different, and this actually mm. feels actually more possible to me. 
I would think that um, this is actually almost like a completely different creature. Yeah. Because I, 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 oh, yeah, like, I was the same as you. I used to think, oh, it's just got white fur. Yeah, it's Bigfoot's winter vacation, but it's not. Yeah. No, this is, you know, this is much different, I think. Tis, what are your thoughts? I'm still... Don't feel like you have to be a convert just to fit in. Not that you ever do. Still sticking with the bear. You like the bear idea? <laughs> I like the bear idea. But do you think that Yeti is... Now, do you feel more so like Yeti is a real thing? Yeah, because the patterns, whatever the locals say, I think it's true. Yeah, that's exactly for me, it. For me to say that I know more about Tibet than they do yeah. is arrogant. Yeah. To me, that was the yeah. most compelling piece of evidence when yeah, the yeah. locals were just like, oh yeah, that's, you know, whatever, that's Yeti. Yeah, so oh. for me to sit here in England, but having it... never been there, say Yeti doesn't exist is just arrogant. Yeah. If they say he exists, then I have to take him at their word till I can afford like, to go out there and investigate myself. It's not the, like, the same way a Scotsman would say Loch Ness exists. Because no. they're sort of joking when they say, it. oh yeah, Ness is real. Because it's like tourist, tourist trade yeah. and stuff. But this, um, they're not doing it for tourism. They're doing it just because, you know, it's real. They're not even saying, they're not even telling the world. They're just like, oh yeah. They're not yeah, even that. setting up a gift shop for it. No. Yeah. <laughs> first, if we owned it, the first thing we would do, the Yeti gift shop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Your yeti is a boy. Talking about the arrogance, the um, <laughs> talking about arrogance. Talking about the arrogance, the the whole the, Western world has. Yep. <laughs> this is yeah. um, I think like the way I visualise it, it's the same as say for example, you were going to come and work with me for a week. Okay. Right, so you weren't going to... I can't okay. accept in the offer. Okay, yeah. It's not, real offer. it's not a real offer. Um, yeah, yeah. But say you were going to come and like live in my house and right. like work with me, do my job with me and all that kind of stuff. Like It's the same as you coming into my environment and telling me how I live in my house and telling me how I work and the routine I have yeah. and like infiltrating it and telling me how to do stuff. And it's the same kind of like, why would you ever... You know, the times I've been... That's, this is why I... I uh, right, I actually rightly I took the stuff I was told in Africa. I took it as complete like truth mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I don't live here. I don't, I don't know what goes on. I don't, you know, I don't see what happens. I don't, I don't feel what they feel. I don't have the challenges they have. So who's to say this? This isn't true. I think that's maybe that's why uh, I believe Yeti more than Bigfoot because mm. Bigfoot have jumped on it so much. If you asked me so before, much. I would have been like, yeah, Bigfoot, Yeti. Now I'm like, yeah, Yeti number one. Mm. Getting a t-shirt that says Yeti number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, if we're going to nail our colours to the mast, we're going. Me and you, Bob. We're. I. I. I think I'm in agreeing with you. I'm You're thinking more man. like Denison. It, it goes about saying that all three of us are pro Yeti. It's just what. Yeah, yeah. What side of the Yeti we're falling on? Yeah. However, if if this was to be discovered overnight, and I was to wake up tomorrow morning and be like. Yeti is real. It's a yeah. polar bear hybrid. I'd be like, all oh, right, yeah, I'll take either. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I believe more man, which is interesting because I, I, if I lead with my heart, I would want it to be like some kind of new creature, like a yeah. new bear, because that's exciting. But I think it's, I think it's a man. I think it's a new species. And you're thinking new species? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. One that can survive in a, in a climates that we can't survive mm. in. So that's why I haven't found them. Do you mean new species and it's newer? It's an old species. We just haven't seen it. Well, it's new to us, old yeah. to the world, yeah. I think it's an old species. That are very adapted to living in places where we can't get to or live in. And because we can't get there, we're like, no, it's not real. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Imagine Alaska, like most of Alaska's undiscovered, right? I think so. Probably. That's just a, 
That's totally Tonight. off the cuff statistics. If you live in Alaska, there's all sorts of weird creatures. <laughs> <Or not>. in, <laughs> well, I think we've got a listener in Alaska. Everybody yeah, doesn't live you're in Alaska. Our listener in Alaska. Please send us an email. Please, please correct us in our geography. If someone who listens lives in Alaska, but no one else does, does that mean that 100% of Alaska listens to the show? Yeah. There's definitely more than one person that lives in Alaska. No, Alaska's quite... Weird Tales and Unexplainable, the official podcast of Alaska. <laughs> the only We have a lot of listeners in Norway. So, uh, I think that's a nice way to end the show. Yeah, lovely. Do you want to knock for our usual stuff? Just smash through it. Yeah, um, like we keep saying about the blog, all these things on there, that's weirdtales and the unexplainable.blogspot.com. All these videos and links and whatever will be on there. And if you want to contact us and say hi, um, the email address is unexplainableuk at mail.com. Go and rate us on iTunes, we really appreciate it. If you do it and you want us to send you an official Weird Tales and the Unexplainable sticker, leave a nice review, then send us an email so you did it and we'll, we'll try and send a few out to the random people. And one lucky listener... We'll get a tea bag in with the sticker. <laughs> I'm not 100% confirming that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're a bit we're a bit low on him. Yeah, we tea bags. And the other thing is the Facebook group. Go on there and you know come and comment and chat to us on there. That's quite fun. Uh, that's facebook.com/slash/weirdtales and the unexplainable, or just search for weirdtales and unexplainable. We'll find us. Awesome. You won't believe it. I've got a sign off. Oh, all right. So uh, until next time. We hope you enjoyed yet another good show. Oh. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.